This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Hello, and welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Randy McGuire, and this podcast is going to be a shoot-off of the Down with the Dig podcast. And what we're going to do, we're going to talk about things that laborers like to do. It might be politics. It might be sports. It might just be whatever interests you. We might one day talk about sports. The next day, we might talk about hunting, cars, guns, gardening. It doesn't matter. We're going to talk about things that interest laborers, things that you do other than when you go to work. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. I graduated high school. After high school, I joined the Air Force, spent 10 years in the Air Force, six years active, four years in the Guard. Uh, I went to college during that time and finished up college Right after I got out of the Air Force, did a few odd jobs, joined the laborers, one of the best moves I ever made in my life. Uh, as a laborer, I segued into safety, still remaining a laborer. And then as my career took another turn, I became the marketing director for the Ohio Laborers District Council. I'm also a vice president of the AFL-CIO, and we do a lot with politics there. So that may be a topic that we'll be talking about. What does a marketing director for a laborers union do? Well, what I do is mostly promotional pieces and top-down organizing. And a lot of people would ask, what is top-down organizing? And basically, it's I go and talk to owners of companies, leaders of companies, and show them the benefits of becoming, becoming a signatory contractor with the laborers. After we meet with the contractors and everything goes well, Maybe we can get them to sign an agreement and become a signatory contractor with the Ohio laborers. One of the things that I want to talk about right off the bat is the situation that everybody's in right now, and that is the COVID situation. Myself, how's it affecting me? Well, I'm working remotely, kind of like this podcast. Normally, we meet in the studio and everybody's there. Now we're doing this uh, over you know, software and over the internet. My kids are doing the same thing. Like when I've done my podcasts before, I sit at my dinner table. And everything's nice and quiet. But right now, my son has the dinner table. My other son has a living room. And my other son has a living room. So they're doing their Zoom classrooms, uh, just like a lot of your stu- or your kids may be doing right now. And the COVID situation, I don't want to get political with it. But what people need to realize about the COVID situation is it's real. No matter how you want to look at it, people are getting sick. People are infecting other people. And people are dying over this. It's, you know, without getting into it as detailed as possible, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your loved ones and be respectful. If you're out and about, whether you agree with it or not, wear your mask when you're in public. And if you're sick, please stay home. That takes care of you and anybody else that you could come in contact with. One of the good things, if you can find a good thing in all this COVID situation is our employees, our members have been deemed essential. So they are out working every day, but they are wearing their PPE. And we have not noticed any significant COVID cases within our organization, which, you know, that's from good training. That's from taking care of one another and abiding by the laws, the social distancing. You know, we have to go to work, but You don't have to go to parties. You don't have to go to restaurants or bars. I mean, everybody live your day-to-day lives as best as you can, but please practice the social distancing. And again, wear your mask and wash your hands. One of the things about being a union laborer is we have our safety built in. We're working out on highways where cars are going by at high speeds. We work in chemical plants where right around the corner can be a very dangerous substance. We work 
in pipelines that could be active pipelines and, and very easily disturbed and be catastrophic. So again, we have built in safety measures within ourselves. We look at things and we see things. I remember walking through a, a, a convenience store one time and a guy was up on a ladder and I'm thinking, well, he's above six foot and he's not tied off. That's just the culture that we learn. So when we see stuff with the COVID, we wear our PPE, we wear our face masks. I've seen a lot of the, the shields that people wear on their hard hats that they've somehow attached to a regular hat. So that's another thing. When we're talking about PPE, when we're out on the job, our contractor gives us the PPE we need. No hesitation, no talk about money. They have their our safety in hand because they know the job that we do for them. We do it safely and it benefits them. Uh, a job that's done safe is a job that makes money. I, I am a huge gun advocate, but I also believe there should be some gun control. So I don't know where that puts me on the gun side. I probably have more guns than 10 individuals put together if you just pick 10 people out. But I have my guns put away. I have my guns locked up. I have my children very familiar with guns. The first thing they know about a gun is do not touch it. First of all, I don't leave them sitting out for them to touch it. But if they was to come across a gun at somebody else's house, they would know not to touch it. If we were handling the guns, they know the first thing to do is rack the gun and make sure that it's not loaded. Don't take the person's uh, word for it that it's not loaded. They know how to do that. They know how to handle the different types of firearms, not just a revolver, but other guns too. They know how to handle shotguns and rifles. And I think whether you're a gun advocate or not, your kids will go to a place where there's a gun and they may pick that gun up. They need to know that, hey, just because I don't have guns in my house, there's going to be guns somewhere else. And you first thing is you need to leave it alone. If you're going to going to be with a gun, using a gun, firing a gun, adult supervision. You have to have adult supervision. So to the adults, if you have guns that are sitting around, I know nobody just leaves them sitting out on their coffee table. But in your bedside, um, your bedside cabinet needs to be a little bit more put away that a child just that's looking for a marker or looking for a notebook opens up that drawer and sees that gun because I'm going to tell you what, as a child, I was fascinated with guns. I loved guns and I'm one of the stupid children that picked them up and played with them like it was a toy. And I, as a parent that scared me to death. So the first thing I did was teach my children not to handle a gun. One of the things I wanted to talk about was being proactive with infrastructure and Proactive with infrastructure. Well, let's talk about what is being proactive. Proactive means that you're no longer waiting for a problem. If you're trying to fix something that has already broken, it's going to cost you more than if you would have taken care of it in the first place. Fix it, maintain it, keep it maintained properly, keep it well-oiled, keep it well-greased, whatever you want to call it. That's something that you need to do before it breaks. Now, when we're talking about infrastructure, we're talking about roads, highways, waterways, buildings, power supplies. That's what infrastructure is. Now, if these things break instead of taking care of it, you don't want a bridge breaking. But the sad p 
heart is there's bridges out there that are ready to break and ready to fall today. So we need an infrastructure bill to pay for these things. It's not just putting our people to work. Yes, it puts our people to work. But there was this one time we were doing an infrastructure bill and we did a couple uh, television spots. And while we were talking about it, six school buses drove over a bridge that was in dire need of repair. Six school buses. The only thing I could think was, I'm glad my kids weren't on that school bus. Do you want to put your kids on that school bus? Infrastructure. Proactive infrastructure. <laughs> Another term that gets thrown around all the, day, all the time is prevailing wage. And a lot of people don't know what prevailing wage is. Prevailing wage refers to the rate of pay that the contractor must pay their employees when they're doing business with the government agency. They have to pay this amount. And people don't understand that the requirement, the requirements of a prevailing wage, it reduces the ability of a vendor to come in and lowball you in an area. And I'll give you an example. Back in the day, these contractors would come in from other areas. Let's use Southern Ohio as an area. And let's say we're building a, 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 building or a bridge or whatever. And a company comes in from another state. I don't want to say Southern, Northern, it doesn't matter. Comes in from another state with cheap labor. So they're going to do this work. They're going to do it very cheap. Then they're going to leave. That money leaves with them. And that work is not done up to the specifications that a person living in this area would want to do that. So what they did, what they've done with prevailing wage and the Davis-Bacon Act is where this came from. They determined what the employees need to get paid in that area. And that levels the playing field. So everybody's going to get this wage. It doesn't matter if you're union, doesn't, doesn't matter if you're non-union. The playing field is level because they have to pay you this wage. So you can't come in and lowball people and then skip town. But I want to, I, we, I know we've been talking about prevailing wage, but I want to talk about people don't realize that prevailing wage is out there. They only know what minimum wage is. And minimum wage, I've always had an issue with minimum wage. I can't believe that there's a law that says this is the lowest amount of money that I'm required to pay you to do a job. I've always had an issue with minimum wage. Now, what we want is to keep the prevailing wage where it is. The prevailing wage is a living wage. It's something that you can live on, that you can take care of your family. You can have a house. You can have a car. You can live. It's a comfortable living wage. We're not millionaires. We, you know, we're lucky to go on a vacation once or twice a year. We, take, we send our kids to school. <clears throat> what I don't understand today is back in the day, there would be a guy who worked at a bakery. I'm not talking owning the bakery. He worked at a bakery. He had a nice house. He had a wife. He had two kids and a car. They went to school in nice, clean clothes, and they came home. And he worked at a bakery. Go to a bakery today and try to get a job and take care of a family. It's, it's a sad state when you have to choose between food, insurance, rent, it's, it's tough. So a prevailing wage is a living wage. It's a wage that we can all make money, live comfortably. And the companies that are doing the work that we're working for, that we're giving our hard, hard work, our qualified work, they're still making a ton of money. So a living wage is the prevailing wage. And that's something we need to protect. I really don't want to get political right now. The Ohio laborers have always been involved in politics. That's not to say that we only support one party. 
we will support whoever supports our organization. I'm not saying right, left. I'm not saying Republican, Democrat. Whoever supports us is who we support. Now, that might sound crazy because a lot of people just vote one way and that's it. They vote the way their parents voted. They vote the way their co-workers or their neighbors vote. You need to be informed. So the only thing I want to say today is vote, but do your own research and vote for who or what benefits you. Not just because this person's over here and I'm over here. Vote for what we've always said, vote for your wallet, vote for your pocketbook, vote for what benefits you. Don't listen to all the political rhetoric being spewed on both sides. Vote for who you believe in and not just for one party. Find out. Be an informed voter. Be informed and make your vote count. We meet with non-union contractors and we show them the benefits of becoming signatory. If they agree and decide to sign our agreement, they then become a union contractor. Believe it or not, it's that simple. And more importantly, it doesn't cost the contractor anything. All the money, healthcare, pension, training, etc., all of that comes out of the member's check. It actually saves a company money because benefits aren't taxed. So payroll taxes are a lot less. We've estimated that it saves a company about 75 cents per hour worked. And if you add that up, 75 cents per hour. If you work a lot of hours, I was telling a contractor one time how that saves them money and the 75 cents. He did the math real quick and he goes, hey, that's a new truck for me every year. I was like, there you go. It saves you. It actually saves you because you're not spending money to be a union contractor. No money comes out of your pocket. No money comes out of your company. Everything that we pay for, we pay for. We pay for our own benefits. We pay for our own health care. And that's something a few years ago uh, the government was pushing. I, I really want to say, I'll just say it was the governor was talking about how he doesn't think that companies should pay for training. Companies shouldn't pay for health care. Companies shouldn't have to pay for retirement. Well, we don't. We pay for our own. We don't get this from the company. This comes, that's part of our package. It's part, part, of our, part of our fringe benefit program. That is money from the prevailing wage, which we talked about earlier, that comes out of our check. So we pay our own way. When we retire, that's money that we put in there. Um, we also offer health care and pension to those owners and their office workers, but that's a different process, something that we really don't need to get into here, but it's not just something that they offer by becoming signatory with us that their employees become union employees, but that's something that they can take a, take benefit from also. Uh, another one of the benefits from being a union contractor, and this is the biggest benefit of all, access to our members. That's the only thing we really sell. We sell trained, qualified, drug-free employees. I ask a lot of contractors when I sit down with them, I said, what's your bidding process? How many jobs do you bid, let's say a quarter? And most of the time it's 10, right around 10. And they hope to get three or four of those because that's what their job force can actually handle. They can handle doing three or four jobs a quarter. What if they get eight? What if they get all 10 of them that they bid on? What are they going to do? They don't have the employees. Well, if you're a union contractor and your regular workforce is 12 to 20 employees and you need 10 or 15 more, you just call the hall. 
You call your local hall and you say, I've got this work. I need this skill set. And that's who we send. If that job's going to be for a week and you get it done in two days, you send them back. We make a living doing part-time work. So we know that this job's going to last, let's say, two weeks, but we get it done in 10 days. We know we're going back to the hall looking for another job. Well, that's going to do it for me. If you've noticed that this podcast is a little bit different than the regular Down With The Dead podcast, we're just going to talk, talk about things that interest you. And if you have something that interests you, email us at talk at downwiththedig.com. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And again, if you have any questions, any subject, give us an email. We'll answer them. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Look forward to your emails. Thank you very much. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.